Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 99 of Screwball, and we are finally done with the CBA. We can finally move on from the CBA. Last week we did our CBA lockout talk, and I guess just it worked out. Yeah, we gotta do what we gotta do. The, you know, Manfred heard us, and was like, well, I guess we gotta get a deal done, so. Um, So, we're going back to our normal episodes of predictions, but due to the nature of when the CBA got signed and when they decided to make opening day, it did screw up our schedule a little bit. So while this episode is going to be the AL West, we are going to, across the next few weeks, add some teams from other divisions to the talk so that we can kind of get our schedule on straight and then do a final predictions before the season starts. Um, so this is an AL West central like centric episode, but they're, we're also going to talk about the Marlins. <laughs> so... There's going to be six teams. Next two weeks, we'll have seven teams, uh, obviously all NL-specific. But for this episode, we're going to go into six teams, and we're going to go in uh, We're going to go in order of the AOS, finish with the Marlins, and we're going to do, as we usually do, just kind of offer up our, our initial thoughts on their overall roster. And obviously, now that free agency you know, is open, the last two episodes we did, obviously some of those teams are much, much different now team right here a few of these teams just had big trades today so in this week in the coming weeks there could be massive changes to these rosters we'll cover that the best we can and it'll probably be all wrapped up by the time we're doing final predictions um so you know we're going to do our best to kind of stay relevant with the news um so let's just jump into this episode with the al west and let's start with the houston astros so the projected lineup for the astros as of right now uh, consists of uh, second baseman uh, Jose Altuve, outfielder Michael Brantley, third base uh, Alex Bregman, DH Jordan Alvarez, first base Yuli Gurriel, outfielder Kyle Tucker, outfielder Chaz McCormick, shortstop Aledemus Diaz, and catcher Martin Maldonado. As far as the rotation, you have Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, Christian Javier, and Lance McCullers Jr., who is... Uh, currently hurt, but is expected back soon. Uh, and then you have in the bullpen, you have Ryan Presley, Hector Norris, Ryan Stanek, and Jake Odorizzi. And off the bench, you have guys uh, recently signed Nico Goodrum and Jake Myers. So as far as the Astros, you know, you you still got a great team. You lose Correa, but there are serious talks now that Correa could be back in for a year, which would delay, you know, what Frank's going to talk about. One of their top prospects could delay his, you know, start to the team. Um, but Astros still have a great lineup. The rotation was is good and is good enough to carry them into the playoffs. Bullpen has some depth to it. Uh, bench d- is lacking a little bit of depth. Uh, but overall, this is still the Astros team we're kind of used to. Um, not too much has changed. But you have to question now, is the window kind of closing or is it already closed on this team? Uh, especially with AL West teams that we're going to get into uh, just getting better. That's what the main bulk of the roster is looking like. Uh, let Frank kind of talk give his thoughts and kind of talk about some of the prospects that the Astros have too but overall I think the team's looking pretty good yeah yeah they have a pretty good lineup still even with uh without Correa with your Don Alvarez and and uh Guriel Kyle Tucker came on strong last year um Bregman should come back you know he bounces back to a better year uh they have a good team uh they are still in the Correa sweepstakes um they could make a move for a bullpen piece they could make a move for a starting pitcher uh more smaller moves I think so we could see those, you know, those happen. But overall, overall, the team's pretty much set up. The only difference is could they bring back Correa? That's their major, you know, question mark. Otherwise, the team's pretty much there. So they're going to be a pretty good team. That's just how it is. They have good, good depth and, and good talent there. So their window is still somewhat open. It's just not as you know, without Correa, possibly without Correa and some other guys and some aging, you know, superstars. You know, slam dunk picks, picks to be into the World Series or to you know into the pennant just isn't isn't you know isn't feasible can right. they do it yeah yeah but are they just like locked down like they're gonna be in the alcs for sure or in, in the world series i wouldn't say that yeah 
So um, some prospects to look at. Uh, catcher Corey Lee. Uh, just been a kind of spot for the Astros to look for catcher at this point, really. Mm-hmm. Utility man Pedro Leon. And shortstop, which could be up this year, playing if no, no Correa, Jeremy Pena. Um, as of now, the prospect rankings are all over the place, and they're they're not fully updated and things like that. Um, they could change with trades and, 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 you know, other things going on. Um, but as of now, the Astros have no people in the top 100 at this point. Oh, wow. After some of these trades and things like that, they, they lost their, their top 100. But they have a decent farm system still because they have a lot of guys kind of sitting around outside that top 100. So they're not in the worst shape, but they're probably in the, you know, the bottom third or so of the prospect pool at this point. But that's what a lot of prospects getting called up, traded away, things like that. That's what happens. Right. But overall, it's a good team. This is a team that's going to be you know, in the hunt for the AL West um, for sure and you know, a, a contender in the AL. Sure. Yeah, the, the Astros have been good for a while now, have had quite the controversy, and still – seem to just kind of get through all that and still play well. So is Correa coming back? Is he not? I think that plays a big role in what what we see from this team moving forward. So, you know, the Astros will be there. They're going to be competitive, and they could lead this division again. So that remains to be seen. Uh, the next team we'll talk about is the Angels, a team that is struggling to find its identity sometimes. Uh, so the projected lineup for the Angels is leadoff hitter and super utility in everything, Shohei Otani, outfielder Mike Trout, first base Jared Walsh, third base Anthony Rendon, catcher Max Stassi, outfielder Brandon Marsh, outfielder Joe Adele, shortstop Tyler Wade, and second baseman David Fletcher. Uh, the projected rotation, again, number one, Shohei Otani, Noah Syndergaard at their number two, uh, Patrick Sandoval, Michael Lorenzen, and Jose Suarez. As far as their bullpen goes, they have Rysel Iglesias, they brought him back. Uh, Aaron Loop, Felix Pena, and Griffin Canning. Uh, Griffin Canning, I believe, mixing it with the rotation. As far as the bench goes, they have uh, veteran Justin Upton, uh, Phil Gosselin, uh, Luis Rengifo, I believe you say his name, and Matt Thice. Here's a team that, on paper, you like what you see. Uh, you got a good lineup. You know, you have the reigning MVP with, with Otani. You have Trout, who is, uh, at this point, maybe an all-timer. You have Jared Walsh. Fantastic power out of the first base spot. Anthony Rendon, he stays healthy. He's an all-star, uh, big-time guy. Max Stassi proved behind the plate. He, he, you know, he deserves to play. Um, then you have younger guys like Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele, uh, and you bring on someone like Noah Syndergaard. You take a chance on who could really, you know, put up good numbers for you. Um, and you have a lockdown guy, Rysel Iglesias. So you got the right, you got the right tools and the right guys in there. Um, can you make maybe some good additions in the in the in midseason at the trade deadline, can all these guys play together and stay on the field? Because that seems to be an issue too. They, they, you know, guys like Trout and Rendon had their injury problems. That's all up in the air, and I don't even know. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this team when I rank them because they are good. It's just they they figure out a way to make it as questionable as possible. You know, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, the Angels. Um, yeah, I I actually you know thinking about picking them again for the division lead uh, just because this division feel like wide open and they have some of the most dominant offensive players that you're ever going to see and I, at this point if the Angels can just get 150 games 140 something games out of Trout Rendon Ray Otani guys like that even if we'll take 10% of what they could do off their stats but get them for the full year the team that can go over to the World Series just on their offense. Because, again, they don't deal with the cold weather as much out there in L.A. and their division. Oh, yeah. Obviously, cold weather teams, you need a little bit more pitching. But this is a team that's going to be in the hunt for a pitcher, maybe a bullpen piece and a pitcher. Offensively, I think they're okay, right, for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, you got Rendon, Trout, Otani, Brandon Marsh. I mean, they're pretty good offensively. David Fletcher's one of the best, you know, contact hitters we're going to see oh, yeah. um, in the league right now. Uh, I think they're going to make a move for a pitcher, even a smaller move, relief pitcher they could make for, uh, unless they jump up for Kenley Jensen, still available. Um, but they're going to make move. a move for a smaller pitcher, I think. Um, and then just hope for, for health while the the Astros are getting older. Their window, like I said, not closing. They're just, you know, not as dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A's, you know, we're, we're going to talk about here soon, are going to explode. Uh, Rangers still kind of floating around. 
Mariners getting better very quickly. But the Angels are, they're, they need a little health and they need, you know, something, mm-hmm. pitcher. But they have very, very good talent. So they're, you know, they got a shot here to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, prospect wise, they got a pitcher, Reed Detmers, who's a 23rd ranked prospect. They have pitcher Sam Bachman, who's the 87th ranked prospect. And then they have outfielder Jordan Adams, who's not in the top 100. And they have two in the top 100 then. Um, so they have a little bit of pitching prospects coming up. Their recent draft was all pitchers. Um, they know that they can get it. They can just kind of what the Padres were looking for for them years. They can just find a number one pitcher they can get from somebody. Um, then they can really make a run with, um, you know, the Otani and then possibly Syndergaard, what he could do. If you could just get even a third guy, a good third pitcher, then and then their offense could just stay healthy. It's a team that can go a long ways. But they're in a, a division that's kind of stayed pretty tough, just kind of kind of changing, just mm-hmm. but staying pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, it is a, becoming a tougher division now, a little bit more wide open. Um, there is, I'd say, there's still one, you know, well, becoming one team that's going to be kind of the the bottom dweller for a little bit. Um, and that's the team we're going to talk about next. But, yeah, Angels have the potential to be a, a, a playoff team for sure. That's not, I don't think that's even a question. It's just the execution needs to be there. Stay on the field, do your job, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it yeah, uh, because the pieces are there. And when they expand playoffs. That certainly that, helps. That's yeah. a team that could sneak in. Um, and this is a team that just has enough talent, enough superstar, uh, borderline Hall of Fame talent at multiple positions. That they could just sneak in the playoffs. Trout gets hot for a week, mm-hmm. playoffs two weeks. You know, Daniel Murphy got hot and carried the Mets all the way to the World Series. That's guy true. like Trout gets hot, and then you get a guy like Rendon just hitting. Mm-hmm. You know, Tani's going. I mean, this is a team that could just offensively just brute you all the way. Jared Walsh was, you know, great last year. You know, he struggled down the stretch there, but I mean, they have some pieces they could really just do kind of what they want if they can get to the playoffs. There's a team that can win 90 plus games, close to 100 games. Mm-hmm. They get a little help with the pitching. Or is a team that's going to be 500, which they've been for over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Their overall record over the last 10 years has been 500. Right. That's, that's I don't know, that's the Angels in a nutshell. Yeah, sure, sure. But, you know, I think they have, uh, uh, and then Joe Madden, I think, is, is one of the better managers for what they're about, to, what they've done with Otani. Mm-hmm. So I've had my concerns with Madden and the way he does things at times. But he fits perfectly with what Otani needs to be on the field, and that's why we've seen last year what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does fit the team well. He's a good manager, um, the mad scientist, uh, I believe is what they call them. And you need that if you want to be a winning team. You need a good manager behind you, and he does get behind his guys. So they do have the perfect mix to be uh, a little bit of a lightning in the bottle team too, where they could just catch something this year and, and just go nuts. So well, yeah, the Giants did it last year. I mean, a team like the Angels that have superstar Hall of Fame potential on the team. I don't see why they can't do it. Yeah, so – you know, angels are there, and they could be coming. It depends on depends on you know what some of these players do. Yeah, whose cle- who's cleats are on the field? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and that's that's a big is becoming a big question mark. So you never know. Uh, next team, like we alluded to, is the Oakland A's. Uh, this team had to go through some, you know, some changing after I was writing the notes and well, during. They didn't have to. No, they didn't have to do anything. But I mean, but, you know, they, they do it because it's the A's. Yeah, and that's what they do. So there is a little bit of a changing roster here. You're going to notice some new names, or actually some names that they had that are sliding into roles. Um, and still changing. Yeah. So you have uh, leadoff hitter, second baseman, Tony Kemp. Shortstop, Elvis Andrews. Third base, Matt Chapman. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> can put maybes next to a lot of these names. Um, DH, Seth Brown. Outfielder, Stephen Piscotty. New first baseman, <laughs> Eric Thames. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh, after, I believe, his suspension is served, outfielder Ramon Liriano, catcher Sean Murphy, and new outfielder Christian Pache. Then their starting rotation is looking like Sean Manea, Frankie Maybe. Montas, yeah, well, yeah, uh, Cole Irvin, Maybe. James Caprillion, and Dalton Jeffries. Bullpen has guys like Lou Trevino, AJ Puck, Brent Honeywell, and Daniel Mengden. Uh, obviously, he's mixing some starting roles maybe there. Uh, and then on the bench, they have Chad Pinder. They have Mitch Moreland and catcher Austin Allen. So, obviously, this team is going through a rebuild now. Again. Um, again. Always. Uh, they just, 
if you didn't catch the news, they got rid of Matt Olson. Um, they got rid of Chris Bassett. Um, there's probably more on the way. Oh yeah. You know, and that's just after CBA. Um, you know, things have gone have happened. They let some guys go in free agency. Yep. Josh Harrison. Mm-hmm. Josh Harrison already signed. Uh, Young Gomes, I believe. Marcana. Yeah, uh, Marcana is gone. Uh, so they've made some adjustments here. They're they're obviously yeah. Deekman's gone. So this is a different team. Uh, oh, yeah. Probably the lesser of the five teams you're gonna be looking at in the West. Just is what it is. That's what their plan is. Yeah, yeah. And they are good at it. Yeah. To be fair, they are good at at building the, back up a team. So oh yeah, the, the the moves they made, the trade they made for Olsen, they got a lot of prospects. Uh, the moves they're possibly going to make here with Chapman and uh, Matt Chapman and um, Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas. They're going to build up something. But uh, this, looking at what the A's are doing and what they already tried doing with the ticket prices and things last year with the stadium, and this is the way they're essentially fighting the MLB, trying to get a stadium there. This is going to be an all-out. This is going to be bad. I think they're going to really tear this team to the, to really to the core. And really be like, well, look, we'll win 20 games this year, and if we don't give a shit, if you know one's going to help us get money and build a stadium, then we're never going to make money to be good. Is their theory, right. the owner's theory? Doesn't want to spend, doesn't want to spend his own money to make a team good when he's not making as much as maybe he could. Mm-hmm. So this team's going to, you know, could get bare bones, one of the most bare bones, and no money getting spent that you're right. ever going to see. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the team still has some talent there, but I don't expect any of it to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see guys even like Elvis Andrews get traded to a team just for some backup shortstop and backup infield. Mitch Moreland, you know, a team that, you know, he can go somewhere who loses on the first first baseman market. Mm-hmm. You know, someone loses out on the first baseman market, maybe the National League team needs a DH, you know, there you go. Um, so this team is just kind of, I, I have not much to say. It's just kind of, you know, going to get bare-boned here. But they got a lot of prospects, and they have guys like A.J. Puck, <clears throat> who still hasn't came up yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they got Christian Pache in the trade. So just mentioned, you know, Kristen Pache is the 38th ranked prospect. He's with the A's now in that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Soderstrom, Soderstrom, catcher, 42nd ranked prospect. And the catcher they just got, Shay Langliers, the 69th ranked prospect. He's another catcher. They have three in the top 100. And that doesn't include A.J. Puck, um, who really was a top, like, 10 prospect, 15 prospect. He's just had some injuries. Mm-hmm. James Caprillion was a recent prospect who just came up and pitched pretty well for them last year. Mm-hmm. So they have some young pieces yet. They just, you know, Sean Murphy just came up. He was a prospect. They just, you know, it's just a, t- a tear down. And Sean Murphy could be gone as well. Mm-hmm. So like they could be literally looking at nothing. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's just that's how it goes with the A's. But for some reason, just for some reason, they could win 30 games. They could win 95 games, hmm. even with nobody. Just They lost Bob Melvin, though. So that was a big reason why oh, they yeah, won a bunch yeah. of games. But they yeah. got more Kotze, and he was with Bob Melvin for some years now. So I don't know what's going to – I expect them to be bad, but, you know – I, it's the ace. It's kind of like the race. You expect them not to be so good sometimes, and then they're, they're winning, you know, at least competitive for most of the year. So, yeah. Um, but expect them to be um, all over the trade market and all over the, you know, I guess you could say third round of free agency to fill out a roster. That's what I expect out of this team, which is unfortunate. But Yeah, because this is also just the roster we're looking at right now. So Oh, yeah, there's, like, I, I, there's five, six guys on that team that aren't going to be on that team probably tomorrow or oh, yeah. the next day. Yeah, and, you know, as it, it's – crunch time here before opening day because there's not as long of a free agency as there is in normal years without a CBA. So they're going to move guys. They may move them quick. And hopefully, you know, for them, hopefully they get good returns for them. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what matters to them. And hopefully they get a stadium here soon so that these returns can start staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. But we'll right. see what happens in yeah. many years. Now, on the flip side of the A's, you have another team that is just going nuts with additions and uh, yeah. pretty much – you know, had a very surprising year last year, and that's the Mariners. Uh, so I, like, right before we recorded this, I had to just mid-change my notes because they just made a trade um, for two two bigger guys. So the Mariners' starting lineup is a little different from what it was last year, uh, and that is uh, leadoff hitter shortstop J.P. Crawford, second baseman Adam Frazier, outfielder Mitch Haniger, new outfielder Jesse Winker, first baseman Ty France, D.H. Kyle Lewis, third baseman, new third baseman Eugenio Suarez, Outfielder Jared Kalanick and catcher Tom Murphy. Rotation, new rotation arm Robbie Ray, uh, Marco Gonzalez, Logan Gilbert, Chris Flexen, and Justin Dunn. As far as the bullpen goes, they have uh, Paul uh, Sewald, Paul Sewald, who does he say his name? Uh, Diego Castillo, Ken Giles, and Matt Andres. Off the bench, they have Dylan Moore, 
Abraham Toro and Cal uh, Raleigh as a backup catcher. Just note there, Justin Dunn, I believe, was in that reg trade for Justin. Oh, Dunn. right, right, right. Yeah. I Again, believe, I had to adjust my notes. Yeah, so. I believe he was in there. So. Yeah. Know, so I add, think that's got to be finalized and everything. So we'll we'll double check that. But I'm pretty sure he was in there. No, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously things could still fall apart. So I don't think it was fully been, you know, signed off yet. Even Rosalind's, right. I guess. But. Um, I'm pretty sure he was gone, so that opens up a spot. But the, they're definitely in the starting pitcher market. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Greinke or something like that, they could definitely jump in. Um, yeah, because uh, now you have one less guy. You probably can. You could probably figure that fifth spot out if you if you didn't want to. Yeah, they're definitely going to be in because they see the window, their window opening here um, with their division again, kind of in, in flux. So, but yeah, this is a good roster, and they, there's still moves to be made because they're not really paying anybody. Robbie Ray, right? The most recent one. But Robbie otherwise, Ray, I mean, yeah. Jared Kalanick can come back and just, you know, come out and just hit, you know, like 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 the prospect they expect him to be. And Kyle Lewis was, you know, rookie of the year, standout. And then last year had some injuries. And you still got Julio Rodriguez. I, I was, yeah, you know. I was on here. And, and, and Mitch Haniger was like almost the MVP. That's what it felt like. Every day you looked at it, like, oh, the Mariners win. Well, did Mitch Haniger get a hit? Well, yeah, he got a couple hits. They won then. Yeah, That's how right. important he was to them. Ty France, a great year. Um, J.B. Crawford really came along over a couple of years here with the Phillies and with the Mariners, and really kind of, you know, just set his feet like this is what I'm going to be, and he's he's done it, which mm-hmm. is great. That's how players need to do. They got to figure out what their role is, what they got to be, what they can be, and be it. Mm-hmm. And he's done that over the last couple of years. Um, they still need a little bit of help pitching, I think, and maybe a piece or two in the bullpen. Um, but with the division kind of in flux a bit, they're going all in to break that, you know, 20-year pro- postseason dead streak mm-hmm. and that's that's exciting for that organization um, sure. in that area especially with uh, you know football news out of Seattle with you know going the wrong way there you'd like to see someone being good out there right yeah um, definitely but it's a shame though Kyle Seeger you know obviously didn't really get much and King Felix right yeah those guys kind of missed out on some of this but you know you never know but this team is really shaping up to be pretty good. Um, sure, like you mentioned, yeah. Julio Rodriguez, outfielder. He's his number two prospect in all of baseball. You had him with what Kalanick can be. or you know, We're not saying Kalanick's going to be that, but he could just be close to what he's supposed to be or supposed to be or even better. And then Kyle Lewis, and then you put Julio Rodriguez, who could be, you know, he could be one of the best players in baseball. All of a sudden, you might have one of the best outfielders we've seen in quite some time. And that's without even talking about Mitch Haniger again. Yeah, and you then know? you can put Mitch Haniger in the H, wherever you want at that mm-hmm. point, and you have one of the best outfielders of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, for the Mariners. Right. For the Mar- for the Mariners, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, um, you know, it could be one of the better outfields we've seen in the last couple of years. But for the Mariners, this is an outfield that they, like said, this could be an all-time Mariners outfield. Yeah. That's just how it looks. And then you have uh, no- Novelli or Nelvi Marte, shortstop. He's the 11th-ranked prospect. Then you have George Kirby, a pitcher, 33rd-ranked prospect. They also have another pitcher. I don't have him in here. He was the 34th-ranked rank prospect. They have five in the top 100. Four in the top 34. Jesus. Two in the top 11. They have more prospects coming. And they haven't really traded any to get to the roster where they're at. No, wow. Like the deal they just made to get to the Reds, they really didn't trade much. Justin Dunn. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, he was a prospect kind of whatever coming mm-hmm. up with him. So they still have a lot of prospects to tool up, and they still have some money to tool up. Sure. So this is a team that's, you know, uh, on the rise. I just... I always question a team that's that's young like that and overachieved last year and then comes in and makes a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't... Yeah, it just doesn't quite fit for a year or two. the Padres. They went real nuts that one year with the Uptons and, and it didn't fit at all. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Marlins do that and that didn't fit, I mean, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Boston do it with the, you know, Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford, right? Mm-hmm. And that didn't really fit. Um, and those were some bad, you know, obviously, like, some not good cases at all. Like, right. Like, you know, um, so I don't, I don't expect that. Where this team's like, wow, this is awful. Right. I don't really expect that. But, you know, just note that this team, you know, might not, as good as it looks, as good as some of the potential is, I, I just question that sometimes. Might not bit. gel right away. And then, yeah, and then you got 20-something years of not being in the playoffs. That's on everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you lose a guy like Kyle Seeger, who's kind of been the leader over there. So I, I think this team could be good and, and go relatively deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could see them kind of just fight around 500 and make a wild card team. Yeah. That's just, you know, you don't really know yet. There's still a lot of pieces. A lot of guys over overachieved for them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But this yeah. team's exciting is what the, that's the difference. And, you know, 
that's all you can ask if you're a fan for some of these teams. Like Detroit, we mentioned earlier, um, earlier episodes. And, and the Mariners, exciting. Yeah, agreed. The, the Mariners are uh, up and coming. They're coming on quicker than I thought they would be. Obviously, they we knew about some of their prospects. So if they can play to the level that, hell, if they could overachieve like they did last season, forget it. But I think they do need yeah. another pitcher or two, yeah, yeah. and they need a, they need a closer, like yeah. you know, a guy. I think Kenley Jensen stays out west. Could be a move for them. Uh, is Craig Kimbrell actually available? If so, you have many, many, many of prospects to go get Craig Kimbrell to be your closer now in Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a great move. Um, so sure. there's some moves out there to make. Uh, if this team, the way it's set up now, overachieves, you're talking about a deep playoff run. Yeah. Because how the talent's set up now. Last year was like overachieve and we're in the hunt a little bit. This year's team is like now so much talent now. Overachieve means you're you're you might be in the pennant. Oh yeah. This is you know exciting. This is an exciting team, and um, you know it's just those fans want to see some good baseball. You've seen them come out for King Felix, mm-hmm. the King's Crew, and the place is packed. So this is this is this is exciting time for the Mariners. They could be pretty good here. Um, I say they're you know playoff bound in some aspects with the expanded playoffs and the, the roster getting better. I think they're playoff bound for the first time in a while. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that they're, uh, they're going to do well in this division and they're just, they're just starting now. So it's, it's all starting up for them and, and it's, uh, it's go time for the Mariners and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, next up in the last team in the AL West is the Rangers. You're going to notice some new names here in the middle of their lineup. Um, so the projected lineup for them is uh leadoff hitter DH Willie Calhoun Newly acquired second baseman Marcus Simeon, uh, newly acquired shortstop Corey Seager, newly acquired catcher Mitch Garver, uh, first baseman Nate Lowe, outfielder Adolis Garcia, outfielder Cole Calhoun, outfielder Nick Solak, and third base Andy Ibanez. Uh, rotation, again, some newer guys, uh, John Gray, Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, uh, Taylor Hearn, and Spencer Howard. Uh, and then in the bullpen, you have guys like Brett Martin, Buck Farmer, Matt Bush, Colby Allard. Uh, and then on the bench, you have uh, catcher Jose Trevino and catcher Jonah Heim, outfielder Leody Tavares, and third baseman Yanni Hernandez. So, team definitely got better. Uh, when free agency was first kicking off, they made a flurry of moves. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. Uh, they just came on and got Mitch Garver. They got rid of Isaiah Conner-Falefa in a trade. So, there is, um, you know, so that made room on their infield when it could have been, you know, advantageous for them to throw him a third or work something out there because then you got, you'd have him, Seager, Simeon, and Nate Lowe or whoever you figure out at first. Have him play first. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, you can figure something out. This team definitely got better. Uh, are they ready to go? Not quite yet. Uh, there's still holes I see in the lineup, and there's holes in the rotation, and the bullpen isn't quite up to snuff, especially with, when you consider the other teams in the division. Sure. But they're they're – you know, they just got two long-term guys in Seager and Simeon. That's a sign of things to come. And they still have Willie Calhoun, right? Yeah. He's Who, a... before his he get hit in the face last year, mm. was one of the better players on their team and mm. in the AOS. Yeah. <clears throat> he got hit in the face and his stats dropped a little bit. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but it just seemed that way. So Willie Calhoun could be a big piece too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they still have Adoles Garcia as well, mm. who for the first – I don't know, through July. Mm-hmm. Probably the first August. half of the season, yeah. Yeah, at least first half into the, you know, starting in the second half, he was one of the better players. He was rookie of the year, really. And then he point. just kind of faded off, as, as it happens with rookies and, and younger guys. Mm. Or he's not so, so young, but still. So this team is, you know, pretty good. Um, it, you know, again, it, some excitement. New stadium, you know, there's some players. There still could be an story. They could still be on, on a pitcher like Granky. They could another one. Uh, every one of these teams could use a reliever. Every team in, in all baseball needs a reliever. Mm-hmm. Every team in all baseball probably needs a starting pitcher. That's yeah. just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Could they be in on Granky? Could they be on Jensen? You know, could they be in on guys like that? Yes. And that changes this team a bit. This is a team that is you know better. If you told me they were, you know, towards the top in the AL West at the All Star break, or 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 you know, sitting pretty pretty strong in a wild card spot this year, I'd be like, yeah, I, I can see it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a little overachieving. Yeah. Um, if you told me they were struggling in that division and they were sitting more around 70 wins, 74 wins, something like that, I'd be like, yeah, I, I see that as well. Or even if they're in the 60s, I can see it because they don't have 
a bunch to fall back on. They have kind of plan A. And if plan A doesn't work out, they don't really have depth in plan B right now. Right. So, but, you know, they're, they're okay. John Gray was a good sign. John Gray getting out of Colorado. Pitched good in Colorado, actually, in that division. But now you get him out of there, that's going to help him. Has to, right? Yeah, that'll help. Dan Dunning's only coming, you know, up and stronger. So, and then prospects-wise, they got a pitcher, Cole Wynn, who's a 60th-ranked prospect. Then they have Justin uh, Fosco, 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 however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, the 83rd-ranked prospect. He's a second baseman. And then they have Sam Huff, who, if anyone plays MLB The Show, they know he was one of the higher prospect cards last year, and he's a 91st-ranked prospect, and he's a catcher. Okay. And he could play first base as well, but I think they're going to stick him to catcher right now. Right. Um, and that's it. I believe they have three in the top 100, which is a decent little prospect go here with some players, some Corsair and Marcus Simeon. That's uh, some good pieces, and they still have a little room to, to make some more moves. Um, so this is a pretty good you know, start of a team. And like I said, they could overachieve a bit and be, you know, right, right there. Or they can just kind of be 570 wins and just float around and wait, you know, one more year, kind of. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. But this team is uh, shaping up to be competitive for the next couple of years. Yeah. They're not just going to lay down and die. Um, there's definitely some talent on the, that's going to be on the field. Yep. Uh, they're going to cause some problems in the division. They're not just going to be, uh, you know, oh, let's go to Texas and, and get two games and move on. Um, they're going to cause some problems, even if they have a lesser year than they're expected to. I don't think they're just going to be a run-over team. Yeah, they're, they're on the up and up. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they might they might need another move or two this year, or they might even need another free agent, like free agency like next year. And all yeah. of a sudden, they're really, they're in it. They got a pitcher, and they got some of these offensive guys, and now they're like, we're in now. So, yeah. they're they're one of them question mark wild card teams. You know, they could do kind of a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. They could really be not good in the 60 wins. They could be, you know, floating around 70s and 500. Or they could be, you know, at least pushing a division title. Yeah. I wouldn't expect them to make a deep run in the playoffs, but, you know, you never really know with some of these guys they added. Yeah. Simeon was an MVP candidate, and Seager has been one of the better players we've seen mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. So, right there, there's two pieces that in the middle of the lineup that, that, that go a long ways. Right. Yeah, they, they got the potential. Uh, I'd say that they're more of a uh, question mark team. Like, you don't know where they'll exactly fall in the division. They're probably more in the in the middle, I'd say, is probably where um, – because they're not quite as ready to go as some of these other teams. So you like to think that they may fall a little behind. But if, you know, if the moon is right for them, you know, in some night games and they just are doing their thing, you never know. Wild card could be in their, you know, in their hands. But we'll see. You know, the division's very up in the air. You know, it depends on years people have. The team is is kind of reminiscing of the, of the Rangers 2010, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. You go, well, wait, you know, they had, look at the talent they had. Sure. But going into those years, who was Josh Hamilton at that point? At that point in his, in his life and his career, he was nothing again. Yeah. You know, who was Natalie Felice? Alexi Ogando? Mm-hmm. CJ Wilson? Who were some of these guys? Right. That's kind of how this team's built now. We have a couple pieces, right? And they had Nelson Cruz then, who wasn't the same Nelson Cruz now. So they had a couple question mark pieces, and they had a couple pieces that were pretty decent, and all of a sudden, some of those guys turned out good, the team gelled, and all of a sudden, bang, they, were, they had a solid year, and then they were really good for a couple of years in the World Series. Right. So this could be one of those years where maybe they're solid here and competitive, and then next year, they're, they're making deeper runs. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how this team, it reminds me of that. Some pieces and some things, you go, oh, you know, kind of similar. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, you know, th- it seems to be building that way, right? You know, it could yeah. be a, re- a rerun of, of those it's early. It's kind of like Seattle, too. Last year, they're like, okay, we, we played pretty good. We were, we're This is the offseason. We've got to make moves now because we were pretty close last year mm-hmm. to making the playoffs. Yeah, if they weren't as good last year, then maybe they go, okay, this year we make some moves, and then the next year we make a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. Well, since this year they were so much good, they're like, okay, well, that, that kind of tells us what step of the ladder we're on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Then we figure out, well, okay, we know we finished second or third. We're right there. Let's go get this, 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 and yeah. fill these holes. There's 60 wins, and they're in last place. And maybe we're like, okay, let's make some small moves this year, and then the next year we hit the, you know, we, we go big for it. Yeah, right, right. Well, that does it for the AL West. Like I said at the top of the show, it's the AL West Plus episode. Uh, so we do have one more team to talk about, and that's the Marlins from the NL East, oh, which yeah. is uh, a little bit of a sneak peek at 
uh, some of the teams, most of the teams we'll do next episode will be the NL East. Um, but this is the first team that we figured to do in the NL East because we don't quite expect as much out of them as some of the other teams. Also, um, we don't see them making as many moves here coming that's up. True. So this roster is kind of going to be a little, I'm not going to say they're not. But, but it is a little bit more set in stone than some of the other teams. So. Yeah. I think at least you have a better shot. You know, mm-hmm. Mets and Phillies and Nationals at this point, and and the Braves, as we've seen today, are ever changing. Yeah. In the middle of their lineup. Yeah. I think the Marlins at least they're like okay they might make a move or here too. Yeah, you know they could get a bigger piece, but for the most part, you know you're like, you're feel pretty confident. Eighty five ninety percent of this team is is where you where they're at. Yeah, they made their moves. Uh, before the lockout happened, so they you know you're gonna see some new names here, but that's because they were new names in you know. In October, in November, you know, so, so the starting projected starting lineup for the Marlins going into the season is shortstop Miguel Rojas, second baseman Jazz Chazon, outfielder Avisael Garcia, first baseman Jesus Aguilar, outfielder Jesus Sanchez, DH Brian Anderson, third baseman Joey Wendell, outfielder Brian De La Cruz, and newly acquired catcher Jacob Stallings. Uh, as far as the rotation goes, you have Sandy Alcantara, who I believe they just recently extended uh, prior to the lockout. Uh, Trevor Rogers, Pablo uh, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez, and Jesus Lazardo. As far as the bullpen goes, you have Dylan Floro, Anthony Bender, Anthony Bass, and uh, you have kind of a pseudo rotation bullpen guy. Figure out what they want to do with him. Edward Cabrera. Off the bench, you have Garrett Cooper, Luis Diaz, Luis Brinson, and Jonathan Birdie. I think this team has some really good pitching potential. Pitching I think that wise, I think they're... pitching is like could be off the charts. Especially in that little bit bigger stadium. Mm-hmm. As far as offense, um, they're getting there. Uh, you guys, you got guys like Jazz Chisholm, who's, I think, going to be an all-star. Rojas you have, has been solid. Yeah, Rojas is good. Uh, you have aging, you know, a little bit more question marks like Jesus Aguilar. You like Avisael Garcia. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Yes, very um, much so. Jacob Stallings is a good catcher. I think that he's one of the more steady catchers you'll find out there. That's only going to help a good pitching staff. Yeah, you have a good defensive catcher like that, and then, like you mentioned, Osvaldo Garcia, that's an underrated guy as you ever seen one. He yeah, some bases, he hits for a good average, he hits some home runs. Um, been around the league for a while now. Yeah, uh, little Miggy back in the day. Yeah, literally. This guy is uh, that's a solid pickup, and and they are possibility of them floating around with Nick Castellanos as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, be a bad pickup, which would be I think their last big move there. But they can make a couple small moves, but that that would change this team a bit. Sure. Yeah, you know, offensively is where there needs to be some some strength here. There needs to be some growth. You'll go into prospects. Maybe they have some guys floating around. Um, but this is a kind of approaching the end of the rebuild type team. Not quite there yet. They're still doing the rebuild. But, you know, they're, they're coming to the end of that rope because the rotation is starting to pan out a little bit. you got guys like Sixto Sanchez. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara has an extension. Hazel Zardo they acquired. You know, you got some guys here that you see the wheels rolling here. You see them probably starting to get the team that they envisioned in their head. So, you know, the team does look okay. Uh, do I think that they're going to be like this playoff push, deep playoff run team? Not quite. But I think that the time is coming. I think that they're getting there. You know, it's going to be probably shortly. Yeah. Yeah, this team's got some great pitching. Sandy Alcantara is one of the better young pitchers in all of baseball. And that guy's got ace written all over him. If it wasn't for two starts against, I believe, the Dodgers last year, or two, just two starts, and one was against the Dodgers, I know. I think he went like a combined like one and two thirds innings and gave up like fourteen earned runs. It wasn't for those two starts. I mean, I think the guy has under three year right, and he's talking like he's in the Cy Young race. Uh, I know his wins weren't up that high because you know the Marlins um, didn't have you know they just weren't winning a bunch of games. But the guy's got some nasty stuff. Jesus Lazardo was one of the top prospects in all of baseball for some years now. Sixto Sanchez is still dealing with some shoulder injuries. He's supposed to you know miss a couple months here, but he should be back towards the middle of the year. At least, um, that's a guy that's got some unbelievable potential. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, Stalins is good. Uh, Aguilar has been good for them. We got, uh, you know, we got some pieces. Or not we, but the Marlins. They got some pieces that are just, um, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Jazz Chisholm is, is one of the better young players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a, a up-and-coming team, like you mentioned. Just a little nerve-wracking that Jeter left. Um, because yeah, it seems more that. like that you know not spending money and not pushing the win as fast. So that's a little nerve wracking. But they're okay. They're competitive. 
you know, they have some excitement. So you're not so, you know, gray clouds over Miami all time right now. Yeah, right. They're in a tough division, though, which we'll get into next week. But, you know, you never know. They got some pitching. Uh, they, yeah. got some, they got some pitching. I think that's their strength right so, now. Um, and prospect-wise, they got Cleo Watson, shortstop, 27th-ranked prospect. Edward Cabrera, another pitcher, the 29th-ranked prospect. Then they have another pitcher, Max Meyer, at the 30th-ranked prospect. So that's three in the top 30, and they have five in the top 100. So they have more prospects up and coming, plus the young guys they already have. And plus, they do have some room to add with some money. Yeah, you think Miami is a market. Yeah. You know. So it's it's you know, they got some room to add here. They're gonna make some maybe some small moves, maybe Cassianos, I don't know at this point. Most likely some smaller moves at this point, maybe add a couple pieces here. Um, and then just kind of attack it year by year and see where they're at in their in their stages. Mm-hmm. But they're getting exciting and at least somewhat competitive. Not just they shouldn't be fifty wins. You know, I guess they could, but you know, I expect them to be pretty competitive, seventy wins, you know. Something like that where you're like, okay, you know. Yeah. They're not an easy, uh, you know. No, they're not going to roll over and die, you know. Not an easy, you know, beat up out there in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. You know, that division uh, is going to be a tough division now. Uh, I think the Mets are coming on strong. The Braves have shown no signs of slowing down after their World Series. Phillies are tough. Nationals aren't making it easy on teams. No, Nationals are are, are stocking up with some, some, some veteran players. The Phillies just seem to be, they look pretty good too. Mm hmm. I kind of like the Philly team, so we'll yeah. see there. But um, yeah, yeah, this is a, this is the Marlins are, you know, in a tough division. They're in a tough division for sure. But they're 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 pretty uh, they're pretty you know they got some talent. They're, they're some excitement. It's all you can ask for. Again, I mentioned already a couple times excitement. Mm. All right, give me something to watch here. Right, you have that, so that's good. Yeah, we'll get more into obviously we'll get obviously more in the NL East uh, next week with that episode and then some of the NL Central teams, but. Yeah, we'll see where the Marlins fit into the mix. They're probably not going to be quite the competitive team in that division uh, with some of the other teams that are in there. But, uh, hey, they're they're coming. And um, like kind of the theme we talked about with the ALS in general, there's a lot of teams on the rise looking to fight for that division. So And that's, I think, where the Marlins are. So they fit right in, kind of, yeah. in a way. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just uh, these rosters are ever-changing. We already did the AL East. We did the AL Central. When we do our final predictions... That's kind of why we're doing the extra teams, so we can still have that final prediction before this opening day. We will go over some of those moves that they made um, because we were we, we had to do we had to start somewhere, otherwise we would have been way backed up. So we had to start, and now free agency is currently active, and we're trying to tell you about rosters. It's it's hard to do. So we'll be we'll update you kind of when we do our final predictions. Like, hey, this is what possibly some changes to our lineup. This is what they're looking at. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do a deep dive into every team because we can't do that in the mm. final predictions. But we can at least be like, hey, you know, they added this piece, added this piece, boom, boom, boom. Overlook. This team's looking at this amount of wins. Is what we're predicting. This guy's winning the awards. Leaders. You know. You know. You guys are listening to us, so we know how we. You know. Know how we did it. Um, so we'll keep doing that. But you know, just note that these rosters are ever changing, minute by minute. So we'll see kind of where we're at when we're wrapping up and ready for opening day. Right. Other than that, uh, the last thing I got is a trivia question. Obviously, keeping it in you know the AL West. I know I mentioned the Marlins, but uh, the AL West here. And the trivia question is, the Angels have had one 100 or 100-plus 100 win season in their franchise, and they've been around, I believe it was 60 seasons. What year was it? When was it? One. Either 100 or 100-plus 100 win season. They had a few runs. And they've had so. some good teams. They went to the World Series and won the World Series, and they've had Big Bad, Mad Vlad, Senior. You know, they've had some good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so their one 100-plus 100 win season was in 2008. And I had... I believe John Lackey and and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Sean Figgins, I believe, and they had um, Howie Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. I'm not sure if Garrett Anderson was still hanging around at that point. Uh, um, yeah, maybe I don't know. Mike Napoli, I think, was there. Jared Weaver, maybe. Jared Weaver, I believe, was still there. Yes, yeah, so this was. They had some good talent then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, yeah, those. Uh, I don't think Troy Gloss was there. I think it was with Blue Jays at that point or retired. Mm-hmm. I think it was with the Blue Jays at that point. Um, but yeah, there was some they had some good teams. So that was their one hundred win season for a franchise that's been around a while and had some good talent. Mm-hmm. That was kinda of surprising. They had a couple years where they were right there though. High nineties. Yeah. But um one one hundred win season was a little bit surprising, I thought, out of that Angels team. 
Yeah, they were. I mean, they were good in the 2000s, so maybe they didn't win 100, but they were probably right at 98 yeah. or and something like that. Last year they that. went to the playoffs. I believe they had 98 or 99 wins with, with Trout and, and Pujols' first year, I believe. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, you know, they weren't far off. So, no, that's a good one because the Angels, they also had runs in the 80s. Uh, if you remember, you know, they were, uh, I believe they were competing with the, the Red Sox in that famous 86 season. Um, Tim Salmon on the team, right? Yeah. So they had some they had some years there too, you know, obviously not quite 100, but um, you know, they had some runs. So there there was a few different year yeah, especially early 2000 they went to the World Series with the Giants. Oh, yeah. And then you know, when Vlad came along there in the mid 2000s, 05, 06, 07, I mean, they had some good teams. Mm-hmm. Yankees could never beat them. No. Garrett Anderson and they had Darren Erstad. Mm-hmm. The guy had like 100 RBIs for the All-Star break one year and uh, I believe Randy Wynn was out there for a year or two at mm-hmm. one point. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Tory Hunter, Tory Hunter, and uh, Jim Edmonds was in the early 2000s. I mean, over those in those you know 10 year span there, they were really good. Oh yeah, Mike Sosha's manager was one of the better ones you're going to see. He was there forever too, yeah. like 20 years. Almost. Yeah, so I mean that was a good franchise, and then to have a 100 win season was a little surprising. So yeah, that's where I figured I go there with the with the trivia question this week. Yeah, no, that's a good one because it's uh, you know I'm, I'm obviously if you're an Angels fan, you're like oh I remember oh wait <laughs> you know but yeah uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is surprising that you'd think they'd at least have a few more with that 2000s run they had, specifically, because they won the World Series and went on to be good again. They went to multiple championship series, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, Angels had a good team right up into, uh, you know, they started to kind of flutter around with Trout, kind of f- trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the team. They got Poolhouse and C.J. Wilson and blah, blah, blah. So, Josh Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work out very well. So... Um, hopefully they can get back to that. Uh, they definitely have the pieces. So, oh my God, yeah, you know. they definitely do. So they'll, I'm sure they'll figure it out somehow. Uh, hopefully one day. Um, soon. Yeah, yeah, sooner rather than later. You don't want to miss out on the on the trout boat, really, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's the episode as far as the AL East, AL, I'm sorry, the AL West plus the NL East team in the Marlins. Yeah. You know, we're going to continue with uh, two more. We're going to do uh, seven teams, seven teams. going to do the NL East and a little bit of the NL Central and then mix the NL West and NL Central at the end on the new final predictions. And then we'll have opening day here, which is nice to say because the CBA was getting a little dicey, uh, a little bit longer in the tooth than it should have been, in my opinion. But there's some good stuff that came from the lockout. There's a lot of excitement around free agency. There's a lot of excitement with spring training happening. You know, now is a good time for fans to be jumping in and seeing what's going on. And I think the players got a a good deal on it. The players showed their... Showed their hand and was like, "Hey, this is what we want, and you're, this is what you're going to give us." And they fought hard for that, and they got this is, you know, I think the best deal that the players have had in a long time for mm-hmm. the for the players. Right. So um, I think the relationship can start mending itself. Yeah, that they came to some agreement and they even deferred some negotiations with regard to the, the, the draft. Yeah, and, and they gave some of the players some some rights again. Yeah. So in some aspects, so I think they're gonna that relationship's gonna. Uh, mend. I think f- it's still going to be a bit rocky at times because it's just it's how the league's been over the last ten years or so. But I think we can finally start mending it mm-hmm. and start getting in a better place. So the next time there's a CBA up, I think maybe we will feel a little safer about our about the game. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. So yeah, definitely. There's a lot to like right now. It you know came from a dark time, but now it's a really exciting time in baseball. So you know it. it I guess it worked out in the end. Um, yeah. Definitely would have liked it to be wrapped up a lot quicker. Um, but, uh, you know, the resolution we got is one that I'm I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, and you know what? There's something about when there's just everything going on at once and there's just baseball chaos, like trade deadline with free agency and stuff. It just sucks in the news, sports news. It's just all over baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After I've... it was all over on the wrong side. Yeah, literally. Once that thing got signed, it was immediately switched like that. And, and then people start pouring back out for baseball. So, yeah. um, it just, you know, it's weird like that, but mm-hmm. baseball still has its home on the TVs and many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I find myself checking my phone all the time now because any trade or free agent signing can happen at any time. It's, I mean, there was one or two just while we were talking yeah, here. It's literally the, tr- the July 31st trade deadline just for like a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. You know, you can, you know, any anybody from at this point, anybody uh, from... Soto to, you know, some guy you never heard of can get traded. Yeah. With the way some of these contracts have been denied with Soto and his extension. Sure. Uh, and, and free agency coming for some of these guys. Any trade, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if anything 
this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. It's it's I mean, just it a wild time. The Yankees trade yesterday. Didn't mm-hmm. see that. Didn't see that coming one bit. No, none of it really. <laughs> so I could see anything. You could see any move, and it wouldn't be. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, they're they're doing it. <laughs> so uh, it's an exciting time, and we're right. We're only what 25 days from opening day. Something like that. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Incredible. Good stuff. So, uh, I mean, with that, I don't have anything else for this episode. I'm just happy that there's a lot of excitement around baseball and we're going to get going soon. I think that uh, some televised spring training games are happening this weekend. I, I, I think that's when the start of it is. And then yeah, and one, April 7th. Yeah, April 7th opening day. Uh, one note, too, with the CBA. I just want to note, balanced schedule was what yeah. they worked mm-hmm. on. I believe that means that you're going to play every team. Yeah, it is. You're going to lose a couple division games, but you're going to play every team every year. It's pretty cool. So you don't get to say, oh, I don't get to play them. You know, I don't play them for five years. I don't play them for four years. I don't go to their stadium for a couple of years. You're going to play every team one time for one series. Yeah, it's Two cool. or three game series. So that's something to look forward for. You get to see every team. Or if you're a fan of someone on the East Coast and you're a West Coast and NL or something, you don't get to ever see them. So that's something to take note of. Um, that should be a little exciting, too. Yeah, you absolutely. To change the schedule a little bit without really breaking the schedule. Right. Keeping the same kind of intensity in the division, but also get to see, you know, where you stack up against these other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I, I like that they play every team now. It's just, you don't ever have to worry about, yeah, when, when are we playing so-and-so? It'd be cool if we faced off against them. Well, now you are. You yeah, know, the Yankees Dodgers play each other every couple of years. It's like, well, this is two of the biggest franchise. They get them to play each other at least once a year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way to market the game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You get teams looking at every team. At least once you get well, they're wow, they really are good, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, you see with basketball, you know, football, you can't do it, you don't got enough games. With no. basketball, you see, you know, you need the Lakers go play the Knicks. In baseball, you know, you don't get the Yankees to go play the Cubs every year, it's always every couple of years, and it's you know, they're at the Cubs, and now they're at the Yankees this year. Now it's yeah, all the time. It's this is a great way to bring some marketing and some fans into the game. So that's not that was, a, I think, that was a pretty good idea, absolutely. So uh, I guess with that, let's uh, let's wrap this episode up. We'll be back next week with NL East slash some NL Central teams, and uh, we'll continue through our predictions and and have our final notes on yeah, stuff. I'm sure so. we'll have 39 more signings and 18 yeah. more trades by the time we get. I know back next week. Yeah, it'll be just a totally different division. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaprie. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaprie. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.